Warning, this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Due to the graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Welcome from wherever you are. This is The Demon Inside with your host, John Venom. If you want to review a different episode of The Demon Inside, you can find them on Spotify or Anchor. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. A new episode will come out every Monday. And now, to our show. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Demon Inside. One of them is dead. She's dead, dead. But the other one, she wants to be saved. And I'm, she needs to be saved. And I don't see any watch. Tell me to get out here. Chilling audio of the 911 call made by a Hill County woman after she slit the throats of both of her daughters last summer. Well, just yesterday, 33-year-old Deborah Jeter was sentenced to life in prison for capital murder and attempted capital murder. And News Channel 25's Mark Wiggins joins us in the newsroom with more on that disturbing phone call Jeter made to the Hill County Sheriff's Office in June of last year. Mark? That's right, Bruce, and it is very disturbing. You're about to hear the voice of a murderer confessing to the worst crime a mother can commit. Hill County 911, what's your emergency? I just killed my children. Excuse me? I just killed my children. June 5th, 2009. The night then 32-year-old mother Deborah Jeter slashed the throats of her own daughters, killing 12-year-old Kelsey Jeter, then called the police to report the crime, and that one of her daughters, 13-year-old Kirsten, was still alive. I'm on Highway 77, right after you go under 35, going towards Milford. Get an ambulance out here to save the one that didn't, uh, come on. What's your name? Call them. Jeter received mental health services for attempted suicide just weeks before the attack. And newly released audio of that 911 call shows her voice wildly oscillating between anxious pleading and moments of eerie calm. Do you have any weapons? Um, I do. I have a knife. She has a knife. Should I throw it away? No, ma'am. Just, just put it in. She's got a knife. During the call, Jeter can even be heard communicating with 13-year-old Kirsten, bleeding from the wound caused by her own mother and begging paramedics to hurry. Hold on. What, baby? 27 and 26. What do you say? Hold on. The nine-minute call ends with the sound of sirens arriving at the abandoned house on Highway 77 in Hill County, where Jeter surrendered herself to sheriff's deputies. She's, she's got her hands up except for the fact that the one that she's on the phone with. So she's out in the yard. She says she's out in the yard beside the house. Okay, goodbye. I see them. They're out here. Goodbye. Jeter, who pleaded guilty to murder and attempted murder yesterday, was sentenced to two life sentences without the possibility of parole. The audio from the 911 call is available in its entirety on our website at kxxv.com, and we'll have even more of that call coming up at 6. Live in the Waco newsroom, Mark Wiggins for News Channel 25. 
Hello, my Demon Insiders, and welcome back to The Demon Inside. I am your host, John Venom, and today we'll be talking about The Demon Inside, Deborah Jeter. So, this story starts a year before. In May of 2009, Lester Lee Jeter filed for a separation from his wife and mother of two daughters, Deborah Janelle Jeter. Well, the exact reason for the separation wasn't really revealed... But Steve Ralston, a 56-year-old lumberyard worker who lived down the street from the Jetter family, admitted to having called the police a few times in the residence in the single-story unkept house on the corner. He said, and I quote, It was a noisy house and other neighbors also had to call the police, end quote. So for whatever the reason was that they broke up, doesn't really matter. Because Deborah, shortly after, tried to commit suicide. She ended up being sent to the psychiatric treatment center at the DePaul Center in Waco. So this automatically started their divorce papers and the girls went with the dad while she was getting medical help. So court records were filed on May 22nd. And like I said, because of the suicide attempt, the dad got custody of the girls. Also in those papers was a restraining order against Deborah. She wasn't allowed to come near her uh, husband, Lee, or the two girls. So she started seeing the mental health people and she started getting better. And between the husband and the courts, or the ex-husband by this time and the courts, they had agreed that she was making way to resolving her issues. She actually did some classes and she made herself available and... Lee admitted he agreed with the judge when the judge said that she could have visitations. This was the first and last time that this was going to happen. So on the day of June 5th, 2009, Lee Jetter took his two girls to visit their mother, which they actually met like at a police facility or something so that they could do the handoff somewhere public. You know, a lot of people do that nowadays. And the two girls were so excited. One girl was 14. The other one was 12. And They had put down on a MySpace page. This is so heartbreaking, guys. Kelsey, who was 12, she put down on her MySpace page, quote, I get to see my mother tomorrow. Yay. End quote. So the day after the restraining order against Deborah was lifted, she picked up her 12 and 13 year old daughter at 6 p.m. 
and told them she had a surprise. The girls told their dad goodbye, and the authorities say the two were excited to get into the car with their mom and find out what a surprise was. Well, the two girls had no idea that their mother had vicious and evil intentions. Three hours after they said goodbye, both girls, well, here's what happened next. Hill County 911, what's your emergency? I just killed my children. Excuse me? I just killed my children. Where are you? Um, I'm in the abandoned house on Highway 77 right after you go underneath the highway. One of them's still alive. Hurry. How? Under what highway? You're on Highway 77 where? I'm on Highway 77 right after you go under 35 going towards Milford. Get an ambulance out here to save the one that didn't die. Come on. Hurry up. What's your name? Bitch, call them. Have you already called them? Yes, ma'am, I have. Okay. I need your name. I don't want to tell you my name. Are you in your car? No, I'm not in my car. I'm in the house walking around. And um, one of them's still alive, for real. She's asking to be saved, and I couldn't handle that. And so now she's, she's in an abandoned house. It's that been a long time. She might already die because she's let out a lot. And hold on. What, baby? Okay. Well, I've got we've got people in round. Get an, get an ambulance because one of them's still alive. She said. Can you tell me what happened, ma'am? Hello, ma'am. Can you tell me what happened? I can't get the door open. You can't get what door open, darling? The front door. So y'all can come in when y'all get here. Why won't it open? I don't know. How many children do you have? Four. Huh? Two. Two? One of them is dead. She's dead, dead. But the other one, she wants to be saved. And I'm... And I don't see any lights. Tell me to get the fuck out here. Honey, they're coming. They're coming. Do you have any weapons? Um, I do. I have a knife. She has a knife. Did I throw it away? No, ma'am. Just... Just put it in. She's got a knife. This is hurry. Okay, tell her we're on our way. She won't give me. Can you not tell me what your name is? Huh? Hold on. What's your name, darling? I'm not telling you my name. I'm off the door. Hold on, kid. They're coming. Tell them not to shoot me. I don't have a gun. Okay. When they get there, uh-huh. I want you to lay the knife down. Out when you get the door open, I want you to lay the knife down so they can see that you don't have any weapons. Okay. Okay. You need to. I know. I understand that. I want. Drive away with my hands up. She stayed. 
Father Hound, both hands up except for one because I'm on the phone. They're coming. She's, she's got her hands up except for the fact that the one that she's on the phone with. So she's out in the yard. She says she's out in the yard beside the house. Okay, goodbye. I see them. They're right here. Goodbye. All right, bye. We'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Demon Inside. First, she slid, slit their throats. Now, I don't want to get into this too much, but imagine they pull up to this abandoned house the girls are kind of like oh what is this and she's like I want to show you something and they go into the abandoned house where she takes out a knife and slits one of the girls throats probably before they knew what was happening the other one noticing what was going on tried to defend her sister and she started to slit her throat the older daughter Kirsten had a stab wound in her back so that means while the mother was attacking the younger sister Kirsten jumped on top of her sister to keep her mother away from her these girls fought back against this demon and unfortunately, one of them lost. So, how can I be sure that this was a demon? Well, let's go back through the phone call. Think about what she said. The 911 operator said, give me your name. And she refused to give her their name. Now, what's the purpose of a name. Remember we talked about this on an episode. There's a lot to a name. A name can stop demons. You find the demon name and you can stop them. You can stop the possession. You can get them out of you. Because I know there's people that have said, and I've heard this on other podcasts, well, she didn't want to give her name because she wanted to escape. That's not true. If she wanted to escape, she wouldn't have called 911. She would have just left. If she wanted to escape, she could have just called 911 and left the phone off the ringer. She could have just left her phone there. She could have gotten one of the girls' phones and called 911 and left the phone there. Thing is, is it everybody knew that Deborah Jeter had her two daughters, so there was no hiding who she was. So why wouldn't she give the name? Because maybe it wasn't Deborah Jeter. In this call, you can hear her flipping and flopping back around. She's walking around. She couldn't take it. She says, I couldn't stay in that room because my daughters are dying. But at the same time, she's the one that cut their throats. So is this dual personality? Or is this the demon? 
giving her a little glimpse. Maybe it's a mother trying to fight through what the demon is doing to her daughters. She sounds very cool and collective. And then all of a sudden when she tries to open the door and she can't, she freaks out. She tells the 911 operator, why can't I open this door? And the operator's like, I don't know, darling, why can't you? See, I think at that moment it's the mother who wants to help her daughters, but at the same time the demon is keeping her from going over there. The demon's keeping her from opening that door. The demon's keeping her in a state of shock. The demon is keeping her in a comatose state where she's conscious but not. Maybe it's that halfway mark where people are half asleep, half awake. All I know is that this isn't a normal woman who loves her kids. Why would she go through everything that she went through trying to get the kids back just so that she could kill them? Let me tell you why, according to her. She was suffering because of the separation between her and her husband. And according to her, she didn't want the kids to feel her pain. So the best way for them not to feel her pain is by killing them. Now, here's something else. Lee Jeter, the husband, ex-husband, he was next. According to her, she was going to kill the two daughters and then she was going to go kill him. Now, I don't know how she planned on doing this after she called 911. Did she have a little bit of remorse? Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. Maybe it was a demon that just decided, you know what? This mother just isn't worth my effort. I already got her to do what I wanted. I already got her to slit her daughter's throats. So, why do I need to be here anymore? And she's very adamant. Please tell the police that I am unarmed. I do not want to die. We've heard that before on the last episode. Daniel Torres Jr., remember? He was telling the police, please, please don't come in and shoot me. I will be unarmed. He had a helmet on. He had a bulletproof vest on. He was so scared that somebody, one of the cops, was going to kill him. Is this really like self-preservation? Or is this the demon saying, hey, I want to kill myself. I want the police to shoot me. And the unconscious mind or the conscious mind of the woman of Deborah is saying no I don't want to die you've already made me kill my kids I don't want to die 
So, medically, and I know I haven't done this in a while, medically, yes, she is a very sick woman. I feel very bad for her, but it's not postpartum stress disorder. You know, uh, it's not bipolar. It's not schizophrenia. I don't know what it is. It's not depression. Depression doesn't make people kill their own kids. So I would really like to see. She wasn't on drugs. She wasn't drunk. She did this of her own free will. So logically, this makes no sense. If she wasn't medically incapable or she wasn't mentally in her right mind, logically, why would she do this? She wouldn't. And why would she call 911 to save her kid? Think about this. She calls 911 and says, my kids are dead. I killed my kids. She didn't realize that the other one was still alive until after she called 911. And she said, I killed my kids. So once they identified the kids, they would have identified the mother because she said, my kids. So what's in a name? That's what I'm holding on to. That's why I think it's demon possession. That's why I think the demon was inside Deborah Jetter when she killed her daughter, Kelsey. And thank God she didn't kill her daughter, Kirsten. But she tried. She sure as hell did. But by the grace of God, and now this little girl has to grow up knowing that her mother killed her sister. Isn't that what demons all want? To cause pain, suffering, and damage for the rest of your life? Thanks a lot, guys, for listening. I'll see you all next week. Don't forget to subscribe to The Demon Inside on Spotify, Anchor, or any other podcast directory or through our website, anchor.fm backslash The Demon Inside. A new episode of The Demon Inside comes out each Monday. Let us know what you think and join the conversation on our Demon Inside Facebook page and on Instagram. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join me next Monday for a new Demon Inside. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends. I'm John Venom. We'll see you next time. If I don't get possessed. The Demon Inside was created and written by James Porter. It's a production of Venomous Entertainment. Theme music, Demon Inside, is on the album Conjure One by Reese Fulber. Background music was created by Lucas Key.